welcome back guys thank you for jumping back in for another episode of vinyl divers your favorite music vinyl podcast on the bicbp-radio.com i am your host anthony mullen and yeah i do have an upbeat energetic feel we're not going to try and keep drowning it out today i'm going to try and keep the pace up and fun this album definitely can do it there's some few low moments and uh, we'll get to them there in a minute I just realized as I was getting ready for today's show, I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw one of my uh, local ska bands, one of my friend's bands is playing with Mephiscopheles and it's at Mohawk. Tickets are like doors, $12 and I want to go so bad and I realized got plans today. Girlfriend planned trips to my parents without me knowing about it prior. So that's what my plans are for tonight. Instead of seeing some music, it kind of sucks because who loves, who doesn't love satanic ska? Which, speaking of ska, I gotta talk to Chris. Gotta tell me about some Halloween ska. Supposed to do that the other day. Who knows? But anyway, enough of that talk. Let's get into this. We're going to be talking about a cool album um, from a band that I've seen song. I've I've heard their song. I say their song because there's one big song that I think of when I hear them because that's the only way I know of them. Um. Their big song is a big popular karaoke song. It's uh, the song that whenever I pull out the acoustic guitar, Amber and her friends drunkenly look at me and go, play this, play this. So that's how the only kind of times I ever hear the song is when an acoustic guitar comes out or my karaoke or it's like you're trying to kill the mood or like kind of chill the mood, not kill the mood, trying to chill the mood and like let the night kind of roll out at the bar or at a wedding for DJ to play this song. And it's the only song I really knew of the band. Like, I know they have other music, just never heard of. And I was going, man, I, I kind of want something new for this week. I kind of don't want to have to review some Scar. I got stuff I want to review, but I'm just trying to think of, like, the vibe to kind of shake it up. I know I had Christian on last week, which we, we learned so much about him. It was awesome. Christian, dude, if you're listening, phenomenal time last week. But... Sitting there going, this one's got to be a little different. Change it up. I want to do a blind 45. That's two. I did that the other week. And I'm going, you know, I haven't had a first impression from Chris in a while. So I shot him a text where at work. And I'm like, yo, so for this week, um, go and do first impression. You, you, can you got something for me? And he said, sure. He has something. So he pulls this out. And I will say, uh, listen to it on Spotify. But... It's to judge whether or not I want to go buy it. So, on vinyl, I don't like to. I don't like doing that. I don't like just listening to music. If, um, you know, sometimes I'll prepare for music for the show through internet or through iPhones or Spotify. But I have the vinyl. I very. I really like holding that true. But this one, we don't have the vinyl. It's more or less my first impression. We're going to say whether or not we want to go buy it after. And this one, I'm kind of humming a hone in the middle. And it's actually a first in a series. Because as we're as I'm growing as a musician and listening to music, uh, one thing that we're, we're discovering is that there's a lot of music I haven't listened to. And Chris tries to introduce me to so much. He said that he's got me for the 90s. So this could be the first installment of, uh, first impression of that, the 90s for me. <clears throat> and today we have a band that, Definitely, uh, I didn't realize they were 90s. I was thinking more early 2000s, but I hear it now easily. It, they reek 90s, their, their songs. It, well, I mean, they kind of have like this Beatles 
influence, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But they reek '90s in this, and they're hit like their hit song that like from karaoke. Like, you hear that, and you're like, oh, duh, 1997, easily. It's not the right date it came out, but just like you know, you get it, you feel it. It's uh, the band Oasis, and this is their album. What's the story? Morning Glory. <laughs> So I'm going to tell you, I didn't know who the band was when I first heard that. It was, Chris was like, I got an album for you. It's from the 90s. You're going to listen to it. He didn't tell me if it was good or bad. He just said, you put it on. I didn't recognize him at all. He told me I would recognize one of the songs. He or he said I would hear their one song and I would recognize it. And until then, I didn't catch who it was. This uh, band, or this album, went under my radar i think it's just one of those i heard one of the hits from it so then i just never let went back to the full album and after it after giving this album a listen i will go back i didn't mind it actually was pretty good the song definitely doesn't make me think of oasis or i guess my only impression of oasis is wonderwall so when i heard this i didn't think of them at all and i'll say the first song hello is pretty cool it's not bad it's different the intro is, it kind of throws you off, and it breaks into this weird offbeat rhythm. I have written down uh, the drums and bass are very quiet while the guitars are almost drowning out the vocals, and I do actually remember that. Um, I will say, I listened to this yesterday. I had to, I had to let my thoughts sit. We had some recording change-ups did, and so I'm coming a day late on my thoughts, but I haven't listened to it since, so my thoughts and everything I have of it are genuine as a first impression, I will say. So this one, this is definitely a different choice to open up a song, open up an album with, and he would let me know that he, that we did look it up. This is actually a double LP, so it is four sides. So there's side A, B, C, and D, and this is definitely one way to kick off that. It's going to give you an impression, and it was a little misleading because I didn't think of them. I thought this was more of a grungy or punkish '90s sound going, but I. I they, they, as their mu other music kept going, it definitely gave a different impression. Uh, the second track rolled with it. That only has this poppy, grungy uh, Beatles sound that I was trying to like say before. Like this is what I expected. Like when I was thinking '90s and this, and the first song definitely doesn't catch that. So you it catches you off guard. This song though, it's really cool, and I'm gonna tell you. Like I said, the Beatles sound. They have this the harmon harmonizing vocals. There's no other way. Like it's not like there's a like backing. It's not backing vocals. It's like harmonizing it. Like you know when you'd see videos of like the Beatles playing and you see like John or Paul up on the lead, and then you always saw in the background the other two singing in the, in the one mic, and then you have Ringo on the drum singing into the mic, and it's all four of them singing together. And this happy upper re treble register that was just this very tenor register that was very up there, and it was fun and just. It gave off this youthful feeling. And this song, especially, it's um, the I have right here, it's 
it's the song that would be playing the beginning of a movie that's set in the seventies. And at the end of it, it's just, it just slurs down and just crashes a little bit, but it's like a controlled contained like crash. And I really like it. It was energetic. And I'll tell you at that alone, I liked it. This album was fun. This album had a lot of good in it. It was this fun. uh, I'll say it now because I don't want to be so repetitive of it and keep saying it as description later, but these, these guys give off this Beatles impression. I'm going to tell you with this song alone, it already set the tone. It's how it went for the entire album. It made me feel like of a, if the Beatles met 90s Green Day, and then there's certain songs in this album that kind of have this grungish Nirvana-ish feel to it that's, ooh, like they get sad or they get really deep. But then there's other songs that breaks apart and it's kind of folky, like the Beatles, very specifically-ish. And it was really just, it didn't make, like, whenever I listened to Wonderwall, which is the next song, I never thought of that. I never heard the Beatles, like, I had Wonderwall kind of have this set tone, and it had this very alternative, no, 90s-ish, 2000s-ish sound, I thought, to it. And I'll say is that the song, this album, the first side, side A was great. I liked it. Um, the first track wasn't my favorite of this album, but I'll say track two and then obviously three, Wonderwall was my notes for Wonderwall are really just pretty straightforward is uh Wonderwall, really. One of my favorite songs. It's a perfect acoustic acoustic vocal song, and I really do believe that. When I think of Wonderwall, I think of you know, I think of an acoustic actor. When I think of playing guitar, just me singing or me and someone else singing, certain songs come to mind. Um a lot of it is playing YTs or like acoustic green day there's like a lot of acoustic good punk you could do but like wonderwall is always like right there with it like you could play this song and so that's i like the song it's one of the songs i hear a lot at karaoke it's you know it's a popular song i like that song so to see that this was on it it definitely gave me an impression from them that i didn't expect and i'm kind of glad that this song stood out from the other ones as it does on side b uh, the opening song was Don't Look Back in Anger. And I'll say, the intro sounds like Imagine. It has this very late Beatles sound, and it's like that, this liftoff that Imagine leaves you on this liftoff. The, uh, like that whole part of Imagine, they kind of has this melody, that melody hook throughout the song. And it's just very happy. It's a, It's a very just... The sound, the song sounds awesome, and they have so many Beatles references in the song too. Like they even mentioned they, about wanting to start a revolution, and the guitar sounds like the way he's playing. It sounds like George Harrison, where his lead guitar would have its own solo, but it wasn't no lead. It was just more like it's just spoken, shouted, and just cussed you out at times in a song. And this it was awesome. This is a great way to kick off the second side. I don't know what album of this there was, but. I'm, like this is one way to make a statement is that all right side A's awesome side B boom right coming right at you they didn't slow down at all it was no falter like usually you on a lot of a lot of time unfortunately well certain artists you get you you look for the bad songs but most artists you have you have to look for the good songs on this album you had to really find the bad songs in my opinion there's it was honestly 
each side only had a bad song, if that, and even then it was nitpicky. So this, I mean, I wasn't expecting this second side in, just boom, right away with some Beatles tone, and just caught me and just really liked it. Uh, the second song on it is Hey Now, and what all I said is that this one is, it drags like Nirvana. It's slow, different, and it just, this was the one of the ones where it wasn't my favorite song. Like, I preferred a more uplifting song, a more, like, pepping your step. Like, it could be sadder. It could be minor. It doesn't have to be a happy song, but it's got to be a little pep. Little, like, little, like, give me a little something to, like, move to. This song was more slow, and it just dragged more for me. Uh, wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, that kind of rhymed after uh, we had uh, Untitled and Solid Jam Band. It sounded like just some musicians were like, you know what? Instead of putting another song here, Let's just uh, let's just hang out and just play music. And that's what they did. It sounded like until you sounded sweet. I mean, it's I I wouldn't surprise me if that was just kind of that. What's what happened? That instead of playing a song, they were just like, let's just hang out and just jam. And then that kind of routine just turned into that. But I will say on side B, what did stick out was the next song called Boneheads Bunk Holiday. Again, we have a change up from the other songs on the album, and this is where it comes off with this Beatles focus song. Um, I wrote down it, it reminded me of Sgt. Pepper's uh, Sergeant Pepper's uh, Lonely Hearts Club Band, and I think it was more like the folkiness, like happiness, and the style of the song changed throughout it. Like it, it didn't maintain like a grunge or a punk or a pop or a, a rock. Like it kind of fold around, hung out there, kind of moved around, sounds a little different here and there, but it was fun. And then with all their harmonies and vocals, it has this uplifting and back you know, feeling. And then even at the end, the song, it dies out and it's just them bullshitting around and swearing and cussing each other out and having fun in a studio or drinking or whatever the recording is from, or they're faking it, reacting it. It's kind of very much like, um, it reminds me of uh, Neil helping my friends. I don't know. It's just a guitar and that cheerful, like hanging out with your friends. And it's good. I like this one. This one, uh, I think was one of my favorite up close, right? With Wonderwall on this album. Side C kicks off with the song. Uh, some might say, and here's a bit now. <laughs>
this album, with this song, uh, one thing I remember distinctly and I was feeling about it, and I heard this song actually twice because we, uh, when we were listening to it, we caught the order wrong. So I had to go back and listen to this again, and I'll, the impression was still the same. See, the uh, impression I get about that is that, <laughs> is, see, see, I'll just throw them in there, is that it was very ahead of the time and it has this post grungy pop. So it was kind of like this heavy, hard feeling, like some grunt, some solid grunge, some muddiness to it. But it was very majorish and very kind of poppyish, and kind of it moved like the whole album kind of shifted in this direction. So the side of it, it was it wasn't bad. It was fun. Uh, second song, uh, "Cast No Shadow." This one is one of the ones that kind of fell short. I feel like it was a uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. Uh, I described it as Wonderwall point two, like. They realized what kind of popularity people like from hearing Wonderwall, so then they tried playing a song that was similar to it, or it just has that sound, or however they wrote it, just has a similar style, and I wasn't a fan of that one. Um, I said the chorus is cool in it. wasn't bad, but I don't know. Uh, the third song I liked on, this, on the side was called She's Electric, and it was very fun. It had this piano, and... The piano was a great little touch, and I don't know what what about it, but it was not that it was a honky tonk sound, but it, if you like, you were to look up like the the sound of a honky tonk piano, it kind of had that tone in it, that bits, and it would come through and like have its own little melody, and it was cool. It was like a little extra. Here you go, like it's a little bit, a little extra feeling, a little fillness, and it kind of adds that extra layer to the song to kind of make it. A more evolved, not evolved, that's a bad sound, a more full sound. I don't like using that word, but I usually use that with ska bands. But I think that's the way I feel is that, you know, when you can add more than just your generic guitar bass piano or guitar bass drums, you add the piano, you add a horn section or something else, it brings more of a little filled, it fills it up. And this, that piano added that, just that extra touch with them singing really does. And then because it does go minor, it, it goes minor, and then it turns major again, and it, it throws you off. Kind of like that first song where it's like, ooh, catch off guard. Um, side D. The song kicks off is one of the, like the title song, or I guess it wouldn't be a title song, but kind of like the album title. It's called Morning Glory. And here it is. <laughs> really kind of stuck out over here is that it had a very heavy rock tune to it the very right at the beginning started off with this you could hear like the chopper going and i wish they would have kicked off the album with this and it was funny is as i was thinking this chris then tells me is that this is what they usually open their concerts with and you can hear it it's got this very arena like the choppers coming in and you can see them coming out and shaking and like high five and slapping everyone up as they come running out on stage and it's very theatrical sounding and it has this it just it just keeps resonates with some arena rock. Like I could play, I could see this being at like at a, at a hockey or like a football stadium. Like this is the music that's that's blasting as they're coming ready and they're getting ready to show up and run out on stage. And um, 
definitely some energetic, but no, not bad, not bad. Uh, very good. Uh, it was definitely a change up for the album. Like now that they're not sounding like this normally, so it sounds like almost maybe there's two musicians influencing different sounds, and that's why. Maybe there's more because they have like three, two to three good sounds floating through them together to build them up. And this definitely was one of those other sides. Uh, second title is uh, Untitled Number Two. I didn't have no notes for it. Uh, just you no know, another another jam is cool. Uh, and then the last song, Champagne Supernova. At first, I didn't recognize it, but then after Chris was like, "You'll get this one." And after I started playing, I was like, "Oh, this one! I know this. Uh, I've heard it sung a couple times at karaoke." It. Uh, I will say that this this song feels like a great conclusion to the album. Like it's at a movie, it's a great wrap up, and then you can finally hear the individual individual parts all building together throughout the song. It's like a great conclusion that really bookends this album where it starts off with this kind of weird offbeat. And maybe that's why they started with the, the first song they did with uh, hello. And they had this like offbeat kind of the, the guitars are kind of cut, cutting each other off and be back and forth. And now this is kind of like the, no, we have our piece and it's like a great evolution of the, of the album. Um, I didn't see like no s- gradual story throughout it all. Then again, it was my first listen to, so I don't know the lyrics by heart. I, you know, I barely know Wonder Walls by heart, or I barely know. I re- barely remember Wonder Walls as I'm singing it. So, like, I don't know the other songs. Um, maybe if I go back through this and I listen to all the lyrics, maybe it does tell a story, and I'm just missing it. Maybe I'm interpreting too much. Who knows? But I'll say this album definitely cool, great first listen to. Um, Chris said he was going to give me bad and good albums. I don't know what this is considered in the '90s. In my opinion, I liked it. Uh, I said it with a five. We'll give it a, a bump up because for one. Final of four sides. Two, got Wonderwall on it. I like that. So I'm going to give a seven right now. Uh, I'm going to listen to it again multiple times. Um, I want to give it an eight. I want to give it another point because I had, I purchase it, but I'm going to assume that I'm purchasing this at a full price of $25, $20, maybe $30, depending on where I find it. I don't know how I feel about that. Because, yes, it is four vinyls, so maybe it should be a little more, but then again, it is a solid 12 song, 13 song. Let's see, what is it? How many songs is this album? This is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 14, I don't know. Two of them were kind of just jam songs. 12 songs. I mean, most CDs are 12 songs now. I don't know. 12 songs. Let's see, 14 songs. So I. I'm going to give it this one. I'll give it an 8, assuming that I'm going to find this on a on a 33 12-inch, uh, like an actual like full-on record. I'm going to assume that this is like a full-on vinyl, 33 long play, four different sides. Or maybe it spins at a 45, but it's a full four, uh, full, a full double LP. 25 $20 there. I will. Because I guess that would be like the price of like an, a CD, I guess now. But I would not want to pay the thirty, forty dollar, the thirty, thirty-five dollar range just because there are two of them. Because I feel like you could fit this on two on two LPs. It's on two LPs. If it's on, or I'm sorry, it could fit it on two sides. So I'm gonna give it an eight as long as I can purchase this for twenty dollars or less. Because then it's worth to rebuy it. That's where the extra point is coming from. If I can't find it for under 
tw- if I can't find it for under twenty five dollars, give or take the tax, I'm gonna have to bump it down to a seven because then that's a, that's beyond, in my personal opinion, the repur the purchase value on it. Just for me, maybe maybe it'll be different for you guys. So I'll give it a solid seven and a half, and that extra half can go up or down, uh, depending on the price of your purchase. Yeah, that's good actually. Seven and a half, and that's why. Um, you know, Oasis is the first time I really listened to him outside of the song Wonderwall. Uh, definitely caught my attention. I'm kind of sad I missed you on my radar for all these years. But I'm going to tell you, guys, that was a What's the Story Morning Glory. And damn, that was a good album. Thank you, Chris. That was phenomenal. Can't wait to see what you guys got next time. Uh, well, not next time. Next time, I actually have an album picked out for next week. I can't wait for it. Some sky, guys. It's going to be awesome. I found it actually at. I'll tell you next time. I'll tell you next time how I found the album I'm going to bring to you next week. <laughs> Got myself. But it's going to be fun. Uh, real quick, before you hit stop, pause, anything else, you leave me. Maybe you're already gone. Do a couple things for me. One, go to iTunes. Give me a review, guys. I'm not, I don't want to beg. I'm not begging. But I will say, if you do give me a review, it helps me. helps me uh, get some better ratings, get the exposure. And that, in turn, will then help you guys. So, do a little partnership. I do episodes for you. You guys can do a record. Well, I do episodes for you. You guys can do a, re- a review for me. Yeah, that sounds good. But then after that, please go to our network, bicbp-radio.com. We have like 12 different podcasts right now. I feel like I'm missing one or two. 12 podcasts, give or take one or two. And then there's also additional content coming that's going to be coming just for the website itself. It's going to be exclusive. And that's where all the real money stuff's going to be. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be fun. It's going to be genuine. Just kidding. Scratch that. All of our stuff is genuine, fun, and awesome. But the exclusive stuff, that's going to be kind of cool, too. So please check that out. Keep an eye out. Uh, go show love to our podcast. Go down to the Instagram, B-I-C-V-P. Uh, sorry. Go to the Instagram, B-I-C-V-P Network uh, for our full uh, network Instagram. Go to my personal Instagram for Vinyl Divers at Vinyl Divers Podcast. And uh, see you guys next week. Thanks for diving.